Welcome to Inspiring End-of-Life Conversations with Nina Impala. Do you have questions about death? How about events surrounding death? Or perhaps you have questions that need to be answered after death. On this program, we talk frankly and openly about the subject and invite you to share your comments and experiences as well. Now, here is your host, Nina Impala. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show today. For all you listening live out there, thank you so much. I want to bring Edwin Peterson on the show today. Edwin has conveyed the most complex emotional insights into a language everyone can understand. In 1995, Edwin became certified as a consulting hypnotist through the National Guild of Hypnotists so that he could better explore the wonder of the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual aspects of being human. Since that time, he has expanded his journey to include working with others who are ready to discover their own power and expand their own awareness and capacity to more consciously create their own reality. Edwin views life as a sacred journey, and that sacred journey is leading us home, back to the source from which we came. He describes the call to come home as a voice that says, there's something more. As a dream weaver, map maker, reality creating magician, Edwin teaches us to follow that voice and to take the steps to create and manifest our personal dream. And I am very excited about this show. I'm very excited about the sacred journey, and I'm going to welcome you, Edwin. Hello. How are you, my friend? Hello, hello. It's such a pleasure to be here today with you, Nina, and to have this opportunity to to have this discussion and talk and a little more about our sacred journey. Yes, and bring us your wisdom. And today, you know, I went on Facebook Live, and I always like to talk about the show a little bit um, before I bring my guests on. And I had this little epiphany. And what that epiphany was is, you know, when we went out shopping the other day, me and my sweetheart, and just did things out into the world, whether you're even in home turning on the TV, the billboards, commercials, little signs that are posted everywhere that say stay safe, stay together, all these different messages out there, they're almost subliminal. And to me, it's, it's constantly keeping people in a state of there's something wrong with me, I'm going to be sick, I could die. There, it's like a it's almost just like a dark cloud, you know, Edwin? And, and I think today our show is going to be really appropriate for you to tell us, you know, and remind people about the sacred journey. So that being said, when we talk about the sacred journey, we want to hear what you have to say about that, what that means to you and how you came up with all of that. Excellent. Well, I certainly share with you the um, experiences of watching the news and watching what's going on and watching my own children explain to their children what's happening in the news and, and watching people be afraid and be frightened and be nervous and terrified and angry and all those things that take them away from who they are and take them away from their journey. I look at life as a sacred journey and that journey is about discovering who you are and building a relationship with the divine or as we like to refer to it as to God, goddess, all it is. Correct. And the key to that spirituality is your personal relationship with a very real source, a very real God, goddess, all that is. And, and that is your sacred journey, and that is your backbone. The sacred journey is the backbone to that relationship. 
So when we're caught off guard, when we're out in public and we see what's happening, we kind of see a world running amok, right? Right. Caught up in fear, caught Mm -hmm. up in all those anxieties and worries and threats. And we know that that is very engaging to a limited part of our brain. The survival part of our brain loves that energy. It thrives on it. It lives for it because it doesn't know that the rest of your brain is even there and that you can do something other than just struggle and survive. Okay, so let's go back a little bit. When you say engaging, engaging in the fear, people are more, that's almost like kind of a drug thing. What would you say? Is that what you were saying when you were saying engaging? Yes, engaging is when when it feeds the ego. It feeds gotcha. the survival instinctual part of us that says you gotta you gotta survive. Okay, that makes sense. And and so the experiences that people are having pushes into that survival zone in the brain. I like to call it the chattering monkey. Yes. It constantly tells us you're toilet not safe, paper. You're not safe. Right. <laughs> oh, the toilet paper thing was one of my favorite stories of the COVID. Talk about survival. I mean, that was right. weird. Okay, sorry. It's sorry. totally first chakra security. <laughs> if I want first chakra security, I'm going for toilet paper. Yep. Yep, that's true. Yes. So what's what's interesting is human beings, we all manifest our dreams. And for some people, those dreams are nightmares. Mm-hmm. And those are the people out engaging in the threats and the fear and the, the anger and the violence that's going on in the crisis and the chaos. And they listen to that voice, but somewhere behind the noise, somewhere behind all of the clamor for attention is this message in our brain, in our soul, in our spirit that says, you know, there's something more that we can have. There's something more to life than what we're experiencing, but we keep getting caught up in the stuff. See, and that this is this is why this is so important. And, and me and Joe were talking about this. And um, Joe's my fiance, and I adore him. And we were talking about this the other day, that, you know, stepping out of the muck, and, and realizing that there is more, that there's going to be more, that we're going to be okay, we're going to get the house that we want to buy, we're, we're going to get back on our feet again, everything's going to be okay. But then there's this sense of, because, okay, you go back into the world and you're really bombarded again. And you come home and you're a little down, gosh, you know what, I just went to the UPS store to get, send something to my son. And they were all still wearing masks there and the door was wide open and I... You know, I went to go walk in without a mask. That's just second nature, you know. And I see this big sign on the door. I go back out, put my mask on, and I look at the guy. I go, I really hope this is over soon because it does. It just pulls you out of having this normal life. It's almost like you're in the twilight zone or something. Oh, yeah, i got to step back into this. So what information, you know, can we give people? You know, like when you say, Edwin, sorry, I'm going to back up a little bit. When you talk about sources is it's going to home that's like to me that talks about the safe place the place of love the place where i'm accepted the place where i know i'm going to be okay right and and the sacred journey has steps to to begin it and the first step is exactly what you just said the first step to begin your sacred journey is love it is the 
first step that you take. Is and my theory is if you start with love and you end with love, how, how bad can the middle be? Exactly. Right? <laughs> um, so it's coming back to love. You know, it's coming, and for some of us, it's discovering in in this lifetime. <clears throat> it's discovering in this lifetime, maybe for the first time in this lifetime, what love mm -hmm. is, and mm -hmm. that it exists. Because, you know, when I work with clients um, doing hypnotherapy and doing sacred journey work, doing their their sacred path work, we always go back to the messages we were taught as children yeah. that you're not loved. You're not lovable. Mom wasn't there enough. Dad yeah. wasn't there enough. I'm mm -hmm. not enough. The message that we weren't loved enough separated us from our spirituality, separated us from who we really are. And so the sacred journey is a journey coming back into who we really are and rediscovering it this time doing it consciously. Okay. You know, and as you know, the show is a lot. Uh, it's all about death and dying and preparing right. for death and being open about death. And something, obviously, I think about a lot and always trying to make my life fulfilling and abundant and full of love. And when we talk about source, which I'm sure a lot of people, you know, depending on whatever faith you are, you know, it, it's God. That's why I see source. It's, it's God and my God, what I believe in. So when you do this work with people, you know, we're basically, I always feel that we're preparing for death. Even though you're alive, life is great. You're not sick or anything. At the end of this life, you're going to go. And I want everybody to go peacefully and lovingly and openly and fearlessly. And so when you're talking about the steps that you take, I want to kind of go through some of that, Edwin, because I think there's a lot of people really struggling out there. So when you say we went back into childhood, which, yes, nobody escapes childhood. I tell my sons that sometimes. Sorry, you know, nobody escapes it. You know, we all go through so much. And then coming back home, what you teach to that sacred journey is about your relationship with, I'm going to use God, some people are going to use source. But would you call that a daily? It's got to be daily, Edwin. You can't just do it like once a month, you know? No, it, it, it's a live, interactive um, experience of, and the, and the first step, I, like I said, is, is love, which, which means learning what love is, defining it. Love is a synergy. Um, of steps that you take, actions that you do, and they produce specific feelings. And then <clears throat> once you realize love is that drive that is pushing you, then you've got to let go of the past. You've got to go in and actually give the love and support to your child self and to your yes. adolescent self, that part of us that most people forget about. Mm -hmm. That's the part of us that is uh, behaving in with rage and riots and crisis and chaos because adolescence is that experience. So when we see it on the news, we know that society and the people engaging in that are out playing with their adolescent self. They're yes. out being bad teenagers. Well, you know what? It kind of looks like that. A bunch of little kids just getting mad and fighting and breaking stuff, you know, and damaging yeah. things. All because they're so threatened 
that their survival is threatened and they're and they feel the threat to grow up too because we don't teach ourselves and we don't teach people within our society we don't teach as human beings how to be a spiritual being no we teach people how how to feel guilt we're very good at that we teach people how to blame how to feel better than other people but we don't teach people how to pause and be within yourself and it's yeah. interesting as as you brought up that fear of dying and that that whole notion around dying you know when you're dead when you take your last breath mm-hmm. until then you're alive and the secret is to keep breathing and when i work with people i frequently see them stop breathing or they breathe so shallow that their their lungs are like going getting lazy and doing nothing down at the bottom of their and that's fear, Edwin, because I, you know, when I, I did massage therapy for almost 17 years, and I, a lot of people, when I would go tell them to take a deep breath, it was just this really quick little thing. And I'd be like, that's not a deep breath. A deep yeah. breath comes from way down deep in your belly. Right. I tell them, I go, I, I tell them your lungs go all the way down to your belt buckle. So yes. breathe down there. Mm-hmm. And when I work with folks that have anxiety, which, you know, they're all, they're all afraid they're going to die when they have a panic attack and, and get into an anxiety attack, yeah, breathing's like- the first thing I have them do. And I remind them, you know, when you were born, you weren't really alive until you took your first breath. Right. And so breathing is a key to aliveness. Yes. That energy, which is also one of the steps in the sacred journey of that being alive. Uh, now, breathing I wrote an article once about breathing. It's, it's a connection to heaven. You know, I've always felt that way that it was, it was this, when you take a deep breath, when you breathe in life, if you're out in nature, whatever it is, you're, you're connecting to source, you're connecting to our planet, you're connecting to love. And actually, I think maybe I'm even saying what happens, you know, when you get back from shopping and stuff are the kind of things that you need to do to help yourself. And when we're out panicking and we're out worried about, oh, I forgot my mask, the first thing you do in that exasperated moment is you pause your breath. You stop yeah. breathing. You hold your breath for a second and go, oh, yeah, I need to do that. So breathing is a way of achieving awareness, too. And I think a lot of people don't even know when they stop breathing. You know? I mean, really I think- funny to see that. Yeah. Um, and in working with people in hypnosis and they're facing a piece of their childhood and their past that they're trying to work on or they're facing their own death. And a good one is when I do um, age regression and people pop into past lives, yeah. I take them to their death in that lifetime wow. and they always freeze. They always pause. And I go, okay, now here in a moment, I'm going to count to three. And then the count of three, you move into that space between lifetimes and there you are and they breathe. They take a breath and they go, oh, oh, it's still me. I'm still conscious. I'm still aware of myself. That's really fascinating. And so, gosh, I want to I talk more about this. We're, we're going to go to break in about a minute. But I, I want you to talk about this because I don't know how many people know actually what hypnosis does. And I think we're going to include that into the sacred journey is maybe you could go into explaining that a little bit, Edwin, and what takes place when someone's with you and maybe how you bring them there. Let's do that. And we're going to 
have everybody come back after break and let Edwin talk a little bit more about this. And uh, we'll be right back. Thank you. Thank you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Nina offers an alternative to traditional counseling. Sessions are not just 50 minutes, but a full hour. When you go in for a regular counseling session, many times you don't remember everything. Nina's difference is a summary email after each session and or a follow-up phone call if needed up to two weeks after. Nina also provides hospital visit consultations as necessary. Sessions with Nina and Paula are $250. And if you book a three-session package, you will get a $100 discount. Let's get you feeling peaceful and happy again. Losing someone we love is one of the most challenging, fearful, and heart-rending experiences we are ever likely to face. In her book, Dearly Departed, Nina Impala shares stories of her experiences as a hospice volunteer for more than 12 years and how those experiences prepared her for the final days of her own parents. Nina emphasizes the importance of being a good listener and living a good life. Dearly Departed by Nina Impala is available in paperback or Kindle edition through Amazon.com or your favorite book retailer. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Inspiring End-of-Life Conversations. If you have a question for Nina Impala or her guest today, call into our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to tutoringforthespirit at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. So we're back with Edwin and the Sacred Journey. So after break, I decided that I really think that a lot more people could know more about hypnosis. With the way our world is right now, it's a resource that's there for us. It's something that can help calm the heart. And it sounds like from talking with Edwin that it is something that could really enhance life and bring us to a place where we could manage some of this anxiety and some of the stuff that's going on in the world. So Edwin, tell us a little bit about, well, actually, I want you to tell us a little more. When a client comes to you, how does that happen? And usually, what are they looking for? So, when people come to me, it's it's pretty much through somebody that they know that's been to me. It's word of mouth. I don't do a lot of marketing. But they come to me because they have a specific issue that they want to deal with. And it's, a, it's always emotional issues. And they've been to other people, therapists. And they kind of go, I need to try something else to see if that works, which is exactly how and why I got into hypnosis. Got it. Um, I went to a psychic who told me, you need to be a hypnotist in order to grow your spirituality and you need to learn hypnosis. And I said, I don't even know what that is. 
<laughs> and through a whole series of little uh, sort of coincidences, maybe uh, miracles, who knows what, um, I was introduced to a trainer who taught me how to do hypnosis. Mm. And with that, then I was able to start getting out of my own chattering monkey mind out of the, and quiet the noise. And what mm. hypnosis does, just real quickly, there's all kinds of definitions. My definition for hypnosis is that it is a process that takes you beyond the noisy ego part of the mind and lets you access the rest of the brain. And you do it without judgment and you do it without um, critical uh, response to what your experience is. And I found that it's there where I can ask questions, program experiences, um, set pathways for myself and my clients of how we're going to respond to things like fear. Fear is a great one. To me, fear is the conscious or unconscious refusal to have an experience. Um, it's a resistance of an experience. And I'll have people come to me out of fear that they're I'm fear. Back they're, you up a second, Edwin. Sorry to back interrupt you, but you said it's a um, something about their they're resisting an experience. Yes. That's what you said. That's interesting. Resisting an fear, experience. Okay. I know. I see all kinds of definitions about fear out there, but the like one that, that I one. see is we one. we resist an experience. And anytime you create resistance, you mm-hmm. will draw towards you the very thing you're resisting. Because the universe says, oh, you want this experience and you're, re- and you're resisting it? Well, we're going to give it to you. We're going to add to the energy of it because you really want to have it. It's part of your desire. It's part of that something more that you're becoming. And Edwin, will the experience keep coming if you, so I have, I, I don't know if this is true, if I have a theory about it, but you know, it's like, I've always thought of my own life, you know, if you haven't learned the lesson, experience is going to keep coming unless you shift your thinking in looking at what I always say, looking out another window or another view. Does and that, that thinking that creates it is a judgment that you made about something being bad or okay. wrong, or it's a projection okay. typically from our past of mm-hmm. You know, we we grew up as children and adolescents kind of without much direction. We weren't connected to our higher self. We weren't on our spiritual path as adolescents and and children, most of us. So we kind of come from a free-for-all, wild-time youth. And, And now as we're starting to grow up and we hear that voice that there's something more and we know and we learn that there's something more, we go back in and we grow that child up. We grow that adolescent up. We help them feel safe. We help them look at the fears and the judgments that they made in frozen time. Mm -hmm. Because after that judgment that the child and adolescent made, then that judgment is reinforced by experience time after time after time. And it becomes Mm -hmm. a subsequent sensitizing event that just seems to never end for us. So when people come to me, I say, let's not deal with today. Okay. Let's go back to the initial source of that judgment when you said, I can't deal with this, or mm. this is wrong, or I'm not good enough, or I mm. don't deserve. Um, so and there we're going to thaw that, we're going to thaw that belief. We're going to change that belief. We're going to look at it and we're going to teach that child how to make a different belief for that adolescent. And mm. sometimes we go into past lives because that's where the belief was launched into being. Wow. Yeah, so that's, I mean, if a child was told, 
you know, you're not good enough. You're not going to mount to anything in your life. That's so sad to me, but you can see it in, you know, and just with my own clients, I'm not a hypnotist, but people that have, you know, had someone pass away. So yeah, that's had someone pass away that told them that, and now they're still left with that inside of them. So hypnotism is something that could possibly heal that so they don't have to carry it the rest of their life. Because, you know, once, you know, in bereavement work, you know, once somebody's gone, I say, you know, you can't tell them anymore. You know, you can't say, I forgive you or say you're sorry. Like all the things we're supposed to do, so you have to do it on your own, which it sounds like, you know, maybe being hypnotized might heal that. It, it heals it, and it moves the healing quickly because you're moving outside of time and space to do the healing. You're moving into the other realms to do the healing. And I'll give you an example from myself. So okay. when I was a little child, like three or four years old, my mother uh, was pregnant, had a baby. The baby died, okay. uh, lived for two days and died. Mm. At that point, my mother changed in her reaction towards me. I had a sibling just younger than me and then this little baby who had just died. And what I learned from that experience as a child, what I what I, the decision I made as a child was anything I love will die. Say it again. Now, anything you love. Anything I love will die. Okay. Because that's what happened to my mom and I took on her projection. Wow. Okay. And so I grew up living and believing that anything I love will die. And then as an adolescent, I had experiences with friends and with, um, I grew up on a ranch in Wyoming with animals that I love dying. Um, and I made the decision at that age that anything I touch will die. So I grew up very fearful around death, very um, afraid to love, afraid to touch anything, afraid to even um, you know, be in relationship with people for fear that they're going to die. Mm. And it took me looking at that through counseling. I got to a certain point that was, that's as far as I could go through the hypnosis techniques. I was able to go in and look at these beliefs and go in and hold that child and heal the adolescent and, mm -hmm. and support them and help them realize this was not about you. This was about you didn't have a structure around you that could help you process what's happening. Kids today that don't have a structure around them to help process what's happening are going to be traumatized. They're going to have PTSD over COVID, violence, rioting. Oh, I know. So did you feel, so when someone is hypnotized and like something like you, with the example that you gave me, what happens in a session and how long does a session take? Well, I always tell people, be prepared. My first session is going to be two hours. <laughs> After that, they're an hour. But the first hour, I'm looking for patterns, patterns that are, um, that reveal blocks and barriers that they have buried down deep. Okay. I look for anger blocks. I look for self-pity. I look for shame. I look for oh, okay. um, those kind of deep things that a, an infant, a child will make those decisions and freeze time that then compounds it over time that we have to go back to and help look at and fix. So anger is a big one. Okay. Anxiety, um, depression. And so when you say patterns, Edwin, when you're looking at patterns in that first 
hour and you're talking to your client, um, are they hypnotized in that moment when you start doing no. it? No. Okay. They're telling me the stories of their life. Oh. And I'm not invested in their stories. Their stories reveal the patterns. Okay. So um, if, if they come in and they're having, like I, I do a lot of marriage um, hypnotherapy work with uh-huh. couples. They'll come in and, you know, one's blaming the other and one's, you know, hurt because the other one can't commit, which tells me a lot about what's going on. Um, I look for the main themes of their life. And because as human, humans, we're not very creative in our emotional range. Yes. Like, it's pretty predictable. And until we become conscious, mm-hmm. we can predict our experience. Yeah. Pretty right? much. That's pretty yeah. interesting comment. You know? and, and it's the ego that says I'm special and nobody can be just like me. Well, being the Scorpio that I am, I can see the pattern, lay it out, put it in front of you and go, okay, when we pull this tapestry string, you unravel this way. And people go, oh, my word, I never saw that. And it's, and the- it's not that they're not special. No. I know. By feeling not special tells me I'm not loved. By feeling loved, then I have that connection with the divine, with the source and my higher self that's my that is my resource to getting back home in the, on this sacred journey. And death becomes a piece of the process. And I that's why I love the topic that you work on is, is with death is death is just a part of it. A part of it. It's a it's a Movement, death is a movement between any transition. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. I graduated college, the old me died. The new me, doors open, possibilities, realities that never could have come had I not gone through that process, that training, and let that go. Right. So like death and rebirth that we have yes. in our life. Yeah. I would and say that. when we move it to the conscious level where we're consciously choosing those things, Mm-hmm. That we're choosing what to let go of, not having it taken away by being a building burnt down or a business burnt down or losing our house or losing our job. Mm-hmm. Those are just things. They're not us. No, that's a, and you know, that's, that's hard for a lot of people to really, I'm going to say this, really believe. And, you know, there's, okay, so I'm going to just, I'm not going to go off track, but you know, there's all these people out there that are selling, oh, take this abundance seminar and how to have your business do this and feeling abundant about yourself and letting your past go. And there's all these, you know, webinars and stuff like that. And I'm, I, I've done a lot with a couple of different people out there. Mike Dooley's got all that. And here's the thing, and this is where you come in. Until that pattern has been broken on a subconscious level, Excuse my French to my audience. That shit doesn't work. <laughs> you really. You're right. You have to go into the subconscious mind because you've got a little boy or, you know, that their parent told him you're not going to amount to anything. Get out of my face. Go do what you got to do, whatever. And the kid hears it day after day after day. Now we've got a man, right? Or woman, whatever. Yep. And those same words and patterns are still coming out of their mouth. And, and, you know, I know you can, and I can see it too. You can see the little boy. You can see the little girl. We can see that in the riots right now. And I'm sure you see it with your clients and stuff. So, but 
It's like, um, and I think there's a couple other people that talk about it in this way. It's um, and maybe it's Greg Braden, where he really talks about the importance of getting to the subconscious mind. Oh no, Bruce Lipton. Um, I'm not sure if our audience knows about them, but you could Google Bruce Lipton or Greg Braden, and then they really talk about the subconscious mind, which is what hypnotism does. It goes very deep, right, Edwin? Right. Candace Pert, who's the great scientist, um, made What's the. Say it again. Can Candace. Okay. Okay. Um, years ago, she put out an audio cassette, if people know what those are anymore, um, that okay. I picked up and listened to about your body is your subconscious. Okay. Your body tells you what's going on in your subconscious. If you're overweight, look at your body. Listen to your body. Let it tell you what's going on. If you have migraines, your body will tell you why you have migraines. If you have um, pain, hurt, if you've broken your arm, your left arm, your middle finger, your yeah. every part of your body is a message from your subconscious that tells mm-hmm. you wow. this journey that you're on is a journey of you're not aware. The journey, the sacred journey is a journey of awareness, of consciousness, of realizing who you are. And it is through the tool of hypnosis or the technique of getting you into a meditative state mm-hmm. where you can go into the programming and reprogram. Um, it, works, it works whether you're going to church and you're listening to music and the voices and you go in and you program. It works if you're listening to the radio and you're in that zone and you're okay. lost to the world. It works if you're jogging. Hypnosis is just a technique to get you into the zone where you can how long does it take to get somebody into the zone, Edwin? Some people, three seconds. Some people will take five minutes, three to five minutes. And do you do it through breathing and talking, music? How do you do it? Breathing, um, talking, a process of a little bit of progressive relaxation. I try to teach people how to do this for themselves so when they go home at night, they can talk to their body parts and say, okay, now relax and visualize their body relaxing. And then go into a safe place. And from there, they can meet their higher self. They can meet their guides, their Mm. child self. They can meet their adolescent self and have a little conversation. That's even where they go when they go and they meet God or the goddess. And they sit down and they have a conversation and realize, you know, the source knows my name. They're aware that I'm here. So is and there, you're beyond you're beyond ego in that state. You're yeah, you're quieted the ego. So when when you meet God and the goddess takes her your face in your, in her hands and and says I love you, mm. your ego doesn't feed off of that. It doesn't go oh I'm special I'm wonderful. Yeah, your soul feeds from that. You reconnect with yourself, and that's what this sacred journey is about: is connecting with yourself. You know, and it also you know when you talk about a meditative state. You know, when I, um, I just had to have a little procedure in the hospital, I don't know, last week, and uh, they gave me, you know, that little twilight drug. Yeah, and yes. with everything that's been going on in the world, I remember just feeling so peaceful because, you know, I, I went somewhere because I was so, you know, whatever they gave me. And I just, there was just this moment, Edwin, where I was just like, I want to feel like this, like I want to be this calm, this relaxed. And uh, I'm an empath, so going out in the world for me sometimes is really difficult. But it gets to be a bit overwhelming. It is. And 
But what you're telling us with hypnosis, working with you and getting into that subconscious mind, people listen. It's And whether you're in a different state and you find a hypnotist that you can use, and if, it, if you can get a person into a meditative state in about three to five minutes and be able to bring up this, the issues with the subconscious mind, that sounds pretty amazing to me. You know, I I ran a support group for or a grief support group for a hospice that I was the administrator for. Hold that thought right there. Ago. Hold it because that'll be perfect when we get back from our break. All right. Got to take for another break. But um, yes, keep that thought there, Edwin. We'll be right back. Thank you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Nina offers an alternative to traditional counseling. Sessions are not just 50 minutes, but a full hour. When you go in for a regular counseling session, many times you don't remember everything. Nina's difference is a summary email after each session and or a follow-up phone call if needed up to two weeks after. Nina also provides hospital visit consultations as necessary. Sessions with Nina and Paula are $250. And if you book a three-session package, you will get a $100 discount. Let's get you feeling peaceful and happy again. Losing someone we love is one of the most challenging, fearful, and heart-rending experiences we are ever likely to face. In her book, Dearly Departed, Nina Impala shares stories of her experiences as a hospice volunteer for more than 12 years and how those experiences prepared her for the final days of her own parents. Nina emphasizes the importance of being a good listener and living a good life. Dearly Departed by Nina Impala is available in paperback or Kindle edition through Amazon.com or your favorite book retailer. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to inspiring end-of-life conversations if you have a question for nina impala or her guest today call into our program at 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 or send an email to tutoring for the spirit at gmail.com now back to this week's program Welcome back. We're talking to Edwin Peterson, and we're talking about the sacred journey. And Edwin, you were leaving us with this wonderful story you're going to tell us about hospice, and we were talking about uh, subconscious mind and all the little yes. notes you're telling us about. Yes. Um, great, great experience that I had years ago. Um, I was the administrator of a new hospice. We were starting it up, and I didn't have the luxury of having a grief counselor or a grief coordinator. And so I was running the grief group and um, we had people come to the grief group from 
they'd been to other hospices, been to other grief groups and support groups. And I didn't really know what you're supposed to do when running a grief support group. So I ran them as though I were doing a bit of hypnotherapy and people would talk and we would process then through their feelings and then do a meditation and go into the subconscious and clear that out so that they could let go and move on. And, and two things, one, they would always say when we're done with that, they would come a couple of times and they say, you know, I've gotten more out of this in two weeks than I have in six months in the other grief support group. All they do is talk about grief. They don't help you get out of it. And it's like you were saying earlier, yes, that's right. Talking doesn't get you out of the programming. Mm -mm. You have to go into altered states to get out of the programming. And the second thing, which I thought was amazing, was I have discovered for myself and seen with the other people I've worked with that grief is when you have love within you and you have no place to put it, no avenue to to give it away. And love doesn't set and hold in your hand very long, very well. No. It has to be an exchange in order for love to keep giving and growing. And so people would find an opportunity to, through this releasing grief and understanding that it's the love pent up, that we would give them opportunities to put it out there, to give it away, to, to learn how to expand love beyond what they had and they they learned that because they loved the person who had died they had the capacity to love and a lot of people never pause to realize that you know when you say that what and i don't know tell me if this is along the same lines when people are really having a very difficult time in their grief now i'm not going to say like the beginning of grief i'm going to say you know a little further in and they can't seem to get past the person that died or the loop that they have in their brain. I always suggest for them to go help somebody and give. And I feel that, and the people that actually took me up on it, and I say, you know, maybe volunteer or work at a food bank or, you know, and in hospice, you can't actually be in volunteer until you've grieved for one year. But my my point was, when they were helping somebody else and giving out that love to somebody else, it helped them, especially with the elderly. Perfect. Exactly. When when my mother passed away here a few years ago, very suddenly, quickly, um, she had a rapid progression of cancer. Mm. Um, My younger sister, who's 10 years younger than me, had some real trauma around grief. Mom was gone. Um, She's... um, my sister, but she was adopted when she was three months old. Um, and so loss and that losing the mother has been a theme in her lifetime. Oh. So when mom died, uh, my sister w- went into a year of processing grief. And, and mm-hmm. I live remotely from geographically very distant from her. But we would talk and email and I encouraged her to go and find somebody she could talk to, find a a hypnotherapist who can help her find some peace, gave her some links to um, meditations and resources online. But about a year later, later, she discovered just what you were saying. She discovered that the, the healing from grief is to give that love outward that's being held in. And she became a CNA and worked for a year at um, a nursing home. And now she's become um, 
they still have CNAs where she lives, but she works with hospice now. And she's, she's like the best giver out there. She's like, I, I get it. I understand this. Oh, I bet. And so she's gained compassion. Yeah. It, it really, it helps the heart to be able to express. And I think yeah. what, what you said about the love having nowhere to go, it's true. You know, my yeah. mom's been gone 10 years now, and it took me a long time just to, you know, keep moving forward and stuff because I was so close to her. But and a what, big part of that growing and moving beyond is releasing yourself from the judgments you made about yourself when they died. An example of this is when I was first married and we had our first child and he lived for an hour and died. Mm. Um, again, reinforce the notion that anything I love dies. Anything I touch dies. Mm. Um, it took me a long time to come to the awareness that um, I had judged myself as being not good enough, not lovable, and being punished by God because of this loss. And that drove me deeper into the grief. And, and it took years. It took until I became the hypnotist to gain some tools to get perspective on what judgments had I made of myself around that. Like, I can't survive without my parent. I can't, I can't imagine living without my mom being alive. Um, Edwin, doesn't, those kind of, doesn't the sub, it, it feels a little bit like, you know, sometimes the subconscious mind kind of runs our life. And strongly influences because okay. that's where our, that's where our beliefs and attitudes are held. And that's what gives that. us, yeah. that's what gives us the format and the process and the form to make choices and decisions so because our attitudes and beliefs are stuck in our subconscious. And they're mm-hmm. so irrelevant, and we think they're so important. And they're nothing but resistors to give us an experience. And people die over their beliefs. And their beliefs, you know, I think of all the Romans and the Greeks that died over their beliefs. Yeah. And we look at them now and go, well, that was kind of pointless. Yeah. A thousand years from now, people will look at us and go, and they died over their beliefs. Yeah. That was so pointless. But we don't gain perspective on our beliefs because we're caught up in what's happening in the chaos of now. Now, this is when I kind of equate it to a movie. You know, you can be in a horror movie. You can be in a a major drama. You could be in a war movie. You kind of get to choose the movie. I know I'm not trying to be off topic here, but just saying, you know, it's what you're viewing through your lens. And it's your movie. Yeah, and so when, when I, you know, even if you think about, like, you know, when you turn the news on and they're showing people rioting and destroying things, wow, check out this movie I'm watching. It's nuts, you know? Right. And maybe detaching from it a little bit, not really putting your head in the sand like an ostrich, but, you know, I mean, it's just going, okay. It's almost like, if you could see my hands right now, I'm, I'm using my hands, but it's like when you, you're looking outwardly at something that is happening and not bringing it into your own heart. Is that possible? The the way you bring it into your own heart without taking on the violence and and the motivation behind it is to go to ask yourself, why do I need this experience in my reality, in my movie? Why do I need to have this as the backdrop in my movie? Mm -hmm. Why do I need violence? What part of myself is so hurt still 
that the only way to get attention is by acting out violently. This is some what deep part of me has, has been taken by others that, that yes. relates to looting. Yes, right. That's kind of what went through my mind, you know, and this is really deep, you know, this is really deep. And, and, and would you maybe say that it's a call for those of us, you know, I always use the word awake. I don't know if you use that word, but, you know, people that aren't awake yet, that haven't realized that source, that haven't realized they can tap into other aspects of themselves to have a better life. They're still sleeping. Um, is that too vague or general, would you say, Edwin? They may be awake in another lifetime. I, I don't judge their awakeness or or say they need to be awoken. I see humanity right now in major adolescence in chaos, and chaos always is followed by and and preceded by and followed by, excuse me, change is always preceded and followed by chaos. Correct. That's I see right. us as human beings changing, and the potential is for us to become aware of ourselves, that we have impact, that we can dry out this planet, that we can hurt other people, that we can we can spread diseases that hurt and kill other people and beings on the planet. Um, I had a, a client the other day that sent me a Bible scripture. I think it was Genesis chapter 1, verse 36. It talked about um, having dominion over the, the things that creep in the fields and the creepy things. And I didn't know if they were calling me creepy or what. I, I, I didn't figure that one out. But I thought, wow, this is a really good reminder that we as human beings and those who use the the Old Testament verses were being told from the beginning that we need to have dominion with nature and with yeah. that which is around it, not domination. Domination the, is the eagle form of dominion. Dominion's working with, being at one with, creating and existing within the domain mm-hmm. of peace, the domain of love and, and self-awareness of yeah. being within that. And so any experience you have, whether it's someone that you love dying, your own fear of dying, to, to back up and be able to put all that into perspective of who am I and who am I becoming and how many times have I died to so many things? Those of us who've been divorced have died to relationships. Oh, I know. Those of us who left our parents and moved, you know, got mm-hmm. married, got a house, whatever. Mm-hmm. We died to that life. Mm-hmm. You know, how many of us go back to our I don't know how many I'd have to count, but well over 40 high school graduations and high school reunions. We, yeah. we just, we, we get over that because that was a piece of our past. Today, we're creating reunion with our soul, with our spirit, with our higher self, with our child, with our adolescent to wake up to who we are. I just love this. It's just, it's very deep, but it's, it's something that is, it's so needed right now, you know, what you do and the way you're talking, Edwin, about, what, you know, about the way we view the world and the way that we look at it. If you were to say, you know, I know we're getting close to the end here. If, if um, and I don't need that to change that. I know we're getting close to the closing of the show. <laughs> when, <Right. laughs> I didn't like the way that sounded. Um, but if, 
in in our closing, I want you to do a couple of things. I want you to just let us know where we can find you. But before you do that, can you give like any little nugget for people when they're going out the door or they're seeing stuff that makes them sad? I mean, if they can yes. Great, but we know a lot of people are having a hard time right now. So what is a way that they can... The nugget is push in the clutch. And those of us that grew up, you know, back in the olden days know what a clutch is. To shift gears, you push in the clutch. You create a pause. You take a breath. Okay. And you ask yourself, who am I? And who do I want to be in this moment? And who do I want to be? And what resources do I have? Okay. And I like to take people, I like to have people just take and put their arms out to the side and then raise them up to, you know, like you're doing yoga to where you put your palms together at the top yeah, of your head. I love that. Gather the universe, gather from the source, the energy that you need and bring that down by bending your elbows down to your heart. It's beautiful. And bring the divine into your heart, bring the source into your heart and then let that open. Okay. And the other, the other, so breathing and, and then doing that so you're connected to the source. When you go out, you find yourself caught up in the stuff. We got the, two minutes, Edwin, and I want you to tell people where they can find you. Sorry to interrupt. Okay. Oh, yeah. great. So they can find me online. Uh, my website is uh, modus, M-O-D-U-S 7 dot org. Okay. And they can email me at Edwin, E-D-W-I-N at modus7.org. Edwin, at Lotus 7. Modus, Modus, as in M-O-D, M as in man. Okay. Okay, so say it one more time. Edwin? Edwin at modus7.org. Okay, I hope everyone got that. Edwin at modus7.org. And of course, you can email me if you missed anything today. I... Edwin, this has just been the best show. I've learned a lot, and I hope everybody else has too. And the fact that you can get above the self-conscious, you can have a better life. And if you're struggling with anxiety and fears and things like that in this time, it's important to feel peaceful. No matter when you leave this planet, it is so important to feel peaceful. And that is what Inspiring End of Life Conversations is all about. Thank you so much, Edwin. Really appreciate you, Thank buddy. you for, for letting me be here. Absolutely. And we'll be in touch. Thank you. All right. Enjoy. I will. Well, thanks for listening to our show today, everyone. It was such a pleasure to be here and talk to Edwin. And I hope you learned a lot and to stay in touch with who you are during this time and knowing that you can have a joyful, beautiful life. Until next week, I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Hope you have found hope in this week's edition of Inspiring End of Life Conversations. Please join your host, Nina Impala, for another program next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again soon.